You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the church and in the Christian music industry. My name is Jess Morris and I am so happy that you are with me today. Thank you guys. It is the second episode of season three and things are rolling along nicely. You seem to be getting used to the whole two week cycle. Thank you. I love that. And we've had a fair bit of traction in the last couple of weeks with the whole Enneagram series we've been doing. To all our friends who have just joined us because you have seen our Enneagram playlist on Instagram. Hey, it's so good to meet you. It's been really fun to interact with some artists who actually identify with those personality type numbers as well. So thank you guys for your support and it's been super fun. I do want to let you guys know for everyone who's saying, what the heck is the Enneagram? Why are you still talking about it? Don't stress. We are clearly not an Enneagram personality type podcast. I'm not trying to be a professional in that area. I just geek out over it occasionally. So it will crop up, but it's not going to be the whole point of it. If you guys do really like the Enneagram, definitely check out the Typology podcast. And Annie F. Downs recently had a whole Enneagram series, hashtag Enneasummer, which was actually pretty fantastic. So check that out too. This week, I have news and it's really exciting news. If you didn't see online, our friend Dara McLean, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago about her Kickstarter, fully funded her project. It was actually ridiculously incredible. She had like over 10 grand to go on the last day. This was like a month-long campaign and it came in. You know, it was really cool to see that and to hear Dara's stories. Thank you to everyone who checked out her music and even contributed. I can't wait for her to release her album. When it comes out, we'll definitely let you guys know so you can pick up a copy if you haven't already pre-ordered like I have. So what's new this week, you may ask? Well, we're going into a really fun, unusual place today because as much as people are like, oh, is this sort of like a Christian music podcast? And it is. I mean, if you want to call it that. But we sort of talk about like the nether regions of Christian music, if we were to use the terminology of John Mark McMillan, which feels appropriate all the time, we sort of talk about the things that you don't really talk about in a press release. Like no one wants to talk about depression or the fact that, you know, you're having marriage difficulties or addiction difficulties or, hey, I'm doubting God or do I believe in God anymore? And we have some artists who've come on and shared that stuff with us and I love it. But you don't really find people talking about that in the church. Or I didn't think that you did until I spoke to this week's guests. Crossway Music is a part of Crossway Churches. It is one of the largest growing churches in the USA. They're based in Ohio and Kentucky. And honestly, their campuses probably rival, if not overtake, Hillsong's campuses from my Australian perspective. So these guys are huge. I had admittedly never heard of them before, and it's probably because I live in Hillsong country, let's be real. But I was really interested when I received a press release about these guys because they had written a worship song about losing a pastor to cancer. It was really interesting because their song, God of the Breakthrough, is essentially them saying to God, you are faithful, even though we have just lost someone to cancer, who we have fasted and prayed for. And at the same time, they had another significant member of staff go through an illness and actually survive it. So they're carrying this really weird dichotomy of grief and hope and God's faithfulness and miracles. And then the where the heck are you, God? My guest this week is Robbie Ryder. He is the music director and creative lead across the numerous campuses of Crossroads. And he is an incredible man. I was expecting a stock standard interview. I already knew that these guys were somewhat willing to talk about grief. And that compelled me. I was like, we have to have them on the podcast. But Robbie went there. I mean, like, I barely had to ask the tough questions. He just delivered. And we went from grief and doubting God and the deconstruction of faith to his family history of the people he's lost in his life. We talk about worship and trying to actually get diversity on worship teams, how to deal with that. It was really interesting for me to hear a church, one, choose to speak directly into that, but two, choose to speak directly into that as people of a lot of influence and a lot of privilege. I'm not going to hold back from this any longer. I'm really excited for you to hear this interview with Robbie. I hope that it's healing for you.
Sydney, Atlanta, Los Angeles, even Redding, California. All four of these cities are places that you expect to hear amazing worship from. But I bet you haven't considered Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, you should, because that is where Crossroads worship comes from. Crossroads began as an interdenominational church in 1995. That was before being interdenominational was even cool, just to highlight that fact. Planting in Ohio for people who really didn't feel like they belonged in church. Since they officially opened their doors in 1996 with a promise of free coffee, who doesn't love coffee, right? They have now grown to one of the largest churches in America. In fact, they were named the fastest growing and third largest in the country. They have 30,000 gatherers each week in 13 locations. Take that, Hillsong. Robbie Ryder has worked at Crossroads Church since 2008. He has managed to survive the ups and downs of being the national worship director in this time. Crossroads Music is a collective of their musicians, where they write and sing their own songs, as well as some favourites that have really impacted their church community. Their first album, Whatever Pleases You, came out in 2017, capturing the heart of a church that wanted to reach people no matter what the cost for God's kingdom. After dropping numerous singles, they released the One Rainy Nights EP in 2018, where they covered, what else, Corey Asbury's Reckless Love, What a Beautiful Name, as well as Good Good Father, to boot. But they didn't stop there. Same year, they also released a Christmas EP. Fast-tracking the release journey of many music teams, these guys kept pumping releases out. In 2019, they have released a single, Oh The Power, and most recently, God Of The Breakthrough. This follows their album, You Are Able. God Of The Breakthrough is a particularly poignant track for the church, co-written by Austin Livingood, Justin Mostella, and Robbie Ryder. It was written just before they found out their pastor, Darren Yates, had experienced a heart attack. Only 24 hours after this, they found out that a senior leader, Kathy Beecham, had passed away from battling lung cancer. God of the Breakthrough is the expression of a church fighting to find God's faithfulness in the happiness and the sadness. It's about deconstruction of faith, unity, and knocking on heaven's door asking for miracles. I spoke to Robbie from his hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio, all about the ins and outs of creating a music team that reflects the diversity of the kingdom of God, how you carry grief and trauma and work through that as a team, and what worship songs he hopes he never has to hear again. This is a really heartfelt, but also really fun interview. Enjoy meeting our new friends, Robbie Ryder. For starters, for people who have perhaps never heard of Crossroads or are new to your music, can you tell me who you guys are and what your mission is? Yeah, uh, so um, we're, Crossroads Music is really uh, the sort of external facing part of Crossroads Church. And so, um, you know, it, there are loads of, especially in the States, like you go to towns and there's a Crossroads or a few Crossroads churches in every town. Um, but generally there's very little to no affiliation with us and, and other folks. It was just the right thing to name churches like 26 years ago. So I think everybody was on the same page. So there's nothing super original about the name, but there is something really, I think, unique about the community of Crossroads. And so uh, we would say that Crossroads music exists to encapsulate um, the theology, the mission, and the voice of our community. Um, and there's there's no better way to find out what a community believes. If we're talking about faith communities, um, what, what do they believe? Well, let's just, we'll look at their hymnal, you know, we'll look at the songs they sing. And, um, and so for us, uh, that's, that's been a really big deal. And in terms of voice, you know, that's, I think that's also something that's unique to communities. You know, the way that, um, you know, I've been to Australia a few times and there are jokes I don't get. Uh, there are other, other things like, a flat white that I've learned to love, you know, You're I didn't welcome. know that was a thing. And so, yeah, thank you. Um, and so now I, tr I try to order a flat white around here and people are kind of like, a what? <laughs> um, I, I don't even, I, I didn't even figure out what it was. I just want one, which if you don't know what it is, it's a delicious coffee. Yes. Americans have a lot of them. Drink it. Will yes. Make you gain weight. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's Crossroads music in a nutshell. Perfect. Well, my next question was, and you sort of answered it, what makes Crossroads unique? Knowing that there are so many, one, churches that call themselves Crossroads, but also so many worship expressions at the moment. 
um, and so many churches choosing to create their own music. What is it that you feel really sets you guys apart and sort of has your mark on it? That's a great question. Um, and, and a question that we've actually wrestled with, like, is it important that we write music? I mean, there's plenty of great music, you know, it's, it's, it's pouring out of a few doors in mass and it's pouring out of a thousand doors, you know, as a trickle. And so why, why do we need to make our own? And I think, um, a, a simple response would be like, there are times when other people's prayers help me a lot. You know, occasionally I, I will open the, uh, um, the Book of Common Prayer because I don't have words to say the things that I am feeling. And so I use someone else's prayer and it's super helpful. And then there are things in our community in in my life, even where I go, I, I need my own prayer. I need my own prayer. Maybe it's inspired by something I heard from somewhere else, but to make it personal you know, or, or even like for it to be born out of my joy or my pain or my community's joy or my community's pain. Um, I think that's a really um, beautiful thing when our, our community, um, even though we're spread across a few states, um, can come together in one voice and recognize like we're, we are mourning together or we are celebrating together or we are, we are on mission together. Right. So um, a lyric that we wrote a few years ago when we were we were all basically saying, look, we believe that um, that we need to make more places for our friends, people, um, our neighbors who have given up on church because it's terrible sometimes, but haven't necessarily given up on God. And so we need a thing that says we'll bleed for that mission. And so we wrote these lyrics um, that said, whatever pleases you, God, will be our path. We're trading what we have for what will last, and we will seek your face and not your hands. And it was this idea that um, we're change in your pocket, God, and you can spend us any way you want. And there wasn't a, like a, an upbeat like anthem, and so we're like, well, we we need one. We need a rally and cry for a community. So that's again, that's super long answers to really beautiful questions. I, I love long answers, so okay. feel free to go on. And I actually, as you're talking about that, I personally really appreciate the fact that you guys grappling with how do we make our mission a safe space for our friends who have left the church. Because one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I lived in Nashville for a while and I was speaking to so many Christians and Christian musicians who were so disillusioned with the industry and had been so burnt by the church and and. And I felt the same way and I felt the same way coming home. And so I started this to mm-hmm. stories because I thought, well, what a great way to find community and belonging and healing and commonality yeah. by sharing our stories. And so for me, it's actually a really special thing to hear about a church and expression that's going, how can we love people who feel like that, knowing that that is there and that's okay? That's me on a tangent, but I really appreciate that. Cause that's really um, unique. It, it's, it's the thing that drives us. So we have a, we have a saying into, we have a handful of isms. Not all of them are healthy, um, <laughs> but one of them is we say ASOS, right? And that's sort of like a, um, it, an acronym for anything short of sin. And so we, we say, we'll do anything short of sin to communicate the gospel to our neighbors. So, um, you think ways that it looks really unconventional sometimes. So one way that that looks really unconventional is um, we right now there is some special, I dare say, grace on ministry we're doing with men, and we have these camps. We, it's, it's, a, it's called man camp, super original. Um, <laughs> Why where, not? Where like thousands of men show up on this property with their tents, and they're in little groups of twelve, and I would say half of them don't relate with Jesus at all, but all of them have been or are currently in some place of, you know, crisis that they're not talking about because they're men and they're, they can't show, we can't show that we're weak or that we're struggling. And, and in the, in the midst of this, like we just have like water stations all across the property. We've got 400 acres where we, we do this. We also have kegs 
on on stands you know so like at any point you can go fill up your bottle with water or you can go fill up your bottle with beer so and good. then you just go sit around the campfire or you go like cut down some and and men work together and men um you know get hurt together and then they sit around and drink bourbon and beer and whatever around a campfire and start saying things like man i'm addicted to porn i've never told anybody that you know or my wife left me i haven't told anybody she kicked me out of the house. And all of a sudden, these men are sharing things they never have. You know, people would say, like, I can't believe you served beer at a camp. And we're like, well, you know what? It, it made that guy feel so comfortable that he now has community. And he encountered Jesus. At any turn, somebody goes, I'm a mess. And we go, well, do you know Jesus? Like, it's super simple. Like, I can't fix your mess, but I can introduce you to this guy. That's one thing. Like, we're, we're always thinking about what's, what is it like for our friends to roll in here? And, and so if it's the way we talk, if it's the music we play, if it's the stuff we make, we, we're always thinking of that guy. We hear your voice, and when you call us out to the unknown, uncertain, we will call to mind your ageless faithfulness to your people, your creation. I wanted to talk about God of the Breakthrough and I I wanted to leave it very open-ended for you. I read through the press release and even in reading through the press release, I, I was continually just struck with a wow, wow, that, that kept happening. And as I'm asking you these questions, I'm very aware that this is more than a song to you because this is your heart and your church family. Um, so I was wondering, as much as you're comfortable, if you could share a little bit of the story about how God of the Breakthrough uh, came into being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for asking. I think people who have gone through suffering oftentimes want to be asked. You know, like they want to be asked, how are you doing today? Or do you often think of that person you lost? But we're, I tend to be, uh, I think we as people tend to be like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to make them cry. But there's something honoring about um, talking about people who have meaningful, who left a legacy, who are now gone. Also, like openly struggling with the, God, we prayed for this and you were silent. Like, where the hell were you then? And then on the other side, you, you intervened. And I don't, I don't have an equation for that in my head. I can't, I, I live in the tension of that. So God of the Breakthrough, it, it was born out of a, just a, a songwriting day that we had planned. And um, I say we, and, and imagine um, our worship leaders come together. And so we have probably... Um, 12 to 15 worship leaders um, who are on staff and um, they lead worship at our different campuses. So we're, we're set up in a multi-campus style church. We have, uh, depending on how you count, between 12 and 15 physical sites and then a lot of um, digital communities. So these are places that just set up with a big television or a big projector or something like that. So um, we, we gather all the worship leaders together, and this was just a, a day for us to hone the craft of writing. And um, so a lot of guys uh, and or a lot of the, 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 the people on our team don't carve out time to write throughout their week, but they want to grow the craft. So we schedule a day a month right now. So we had just come in together. We had had a wonderful sort of prayer time where – yeah, just a sort of a, a grandfatherly kind of guy come in and just reiterate, you are not what you make. You are not what you have. You are beloved sons and daughters, and your value has already been secured. So go write a bunch of crappy songs right now, you know, because you got to write some crappy ones before you start finding how to make good ones. 
so we had this sweet moment and then we kind of broke up and right before we broke up, I think it was, we got an email. And so, you know, we all have push email and the phone's like bling. And we're, we're reading this email about our, basically he's our executive pastor, uh, Darren. And, um, he, he was admitted to the hospital with a, um, with what appeared to be a, a massive heart attack. Here's a guy who just, you watch him any day of the week and he just looks peaceful. He's calm, you know, very deliberate about how he speaks. And, um, and all of a sudden like slam, he's, we don't know the condition of Darren. So that, that was very fresh and real. And then we were also, um, struggling through, um, someone else on our leadership team. There's a woman, her name was Kathy Beecham and Kathy was uh, a woman who, was strong. She was fierce. And she was, um, she led all the pastors that are over all of our campuses. So just think of the responsibility and the reach and the influence and also the character and the depth that it would take to do that. Well, she did it beautifully and she was a, um, secretly wonderfully generous and she was very direct and, and strong and she had been diagnosed with cancer in her lungs and it just spread so aggressively. It was, and we all thought, oh, there's hope, you know, we're fasting and praying as a community. So she was just, just at the end of her life when we were in this day. And so, you know, we were already a little heavy before we got um, email uh, about Darren. So as we broke up, um, the three of us were, we went over to a, all downtown Cincinnati. We went to different places and, um, man, uh, one of the guys was like, guys, we, we need to write something that, that we can sort of just bang on the door of heaven, okay. you know? And so he, he had these three lines, God of the breakthrough, your promises stand true. You haven't failed us yet. And we were like that. Those are strong lines, Austin. You should, and his name's Austin living good. So we started there and, and, from a very, uh, from a place of like sober petition with also, I think the the guys who are writing um, are acquainted with some level of suffering from our own personal lives, that there's a, maybe there was a, a maturity to say, and yet our, our worship of you, God, isn't dependent on an outcome, you know, that regardless of whether or not Kathy is alive or dead you're still, we still believe you're on the throne, which doesn't feel good, but at least like cognitively I can say, but, I, but this is what I'm believing. So this is how I'm going to act. So that was, that was the driving force. Like, Hey, we want to, we want to petition and we want to also have resolve. And that's a, that's a weird tension. I don't know about you, but I can say about Americans that, that we're, we tend to feel entitled I can't, I guess that's not really fair for me to speak on behalf of all Americans, but heck I'll do it. So as, as we are writing our theology into beats and melodies that our community is going to sing, there's a weight, you know, that, that we feel to say, let's make sure that we're, we're singing things that are true. We're saying things that cause us to, um, to raise the standard of maturity and character, you know, that we're not just whining to God. You know, but that yeah. we're saying, Hey, you, you said we could knock on your door. So here we are. You said, if we ask you would show up. So we're doing it. And you're, we're going to, we're going to bring you praise. And this is when it's a sacrifice, you know, the yeah. Psalms talk about a sacrifice of praise. And I think that's really the deal. Like when I don't feel like it based on my current situation. So I'm saying Kathy is dying. We don't know about Darren. And you are still God, so you're worthy to be worshipped. And it's not a popular thing. You know, that's not a <laughs> – I think people want to go, but I'm afraid, so I don't have to. Or I'm hurt, so I don't have to. And I think any time we allow that and, – and I do it too, you know, but we allow human interests to be placed above God's, that's a, that's a moment when we need to reconcile and repent and get that back in order. Anyway, so God of the Breakthrough formed that day. We, we wrote it, and then we came back, and we you know, play the songs that we wrote for everybody, and we, we sing like a verse and a chorus of this. And our group just latched onto the chorus like it's a hammer. 
you know, like a hammer is a really easy tool to use as opposed to like a soldering iron, you know? And so for us, we're like, I think we have a hammer. Let's, let's go write another verse for this so we can use both sides of the hammer. You know, there's the hitting side and there's the pulling side of a hammer. And so both of them are wonderful and the handle makes it so useful. So let's go, let's go write the other side of the hammer. So then, then we, we brought it out and introduced it to our staff. We actually sang it like an in-house memorial we had, and it was, it really helped articulate for our staff. Our staff is uh, around 350 folks. We were all gathered around and, um, and in a way, you know, people singing it, crying, people singing it with like resolve and their hands raised. And, and, and now that we've introduced it to our church, um, not everybody directly connects it to that loss, but everyone's experienced loss. Everyone's in that position of, yeah, God, I wish you would show up. Where are you? You know what? I need you. You've shown us who you are. Oh, you've rested on our hearts. So we're crying out for more singing. Come here, come here. So pull your spirit down as our praises rise. this loss of a friend and a church leader challenge your faith personally knowing that you are somewhat of well, you are you're a leader on this worship expression this creative expression of this church which is quite big and I would imagine there's a lots of responsibility in that how do you carry that that those those specific losses um are tragic. The, the loss of Kathy is tragic to me. Um, my personal journey with loss is, is probably the thing that allowed me to respond in a way to contribute to write the song God of the Breakthrough. Um, and it, I won't spend a lot of time here, but about uh, probably 15 years ago, my wife and I had a son, um, and he was, he was born really ill. His name was Ian. And um, he, he was born really sick, and he was in the hospital for, for days, um, for, for actually just a few days, while our community rallied and prayed and fasted and, you know, knocked on the door of heaven. And for some reason, we, I, God didn't move, you know, and, and, and we lost our son. And so for me, that was, that, that was the reset of of my faith, like not the reset. That was the end of my faith. Like I, I was like two middle fingers to heaven. Like you are not who I thought you were. I, I don't, I, I was in the family business, God. And what do I get? Nothing. At least you got your son back. I don't get my son back. What the hell? I was, I was so angry for a long time. And over the course of, over the course of that, um, time and that, that, that season of, of just heartache, of brokenness, of confusion, it allowed me to rebuild and to say, uh, what, what was I believing about, about God, about myself, that makes me surprised by this kind of trauma? Uh, so that, that happened. Um, shortly after that, my, my mother uh, died of cancer within just a few years of that. And I, if, if you've lost your mom, I, I just want to say, it's okay to be a grown person and cry about that. I still sometimes cry about that. So moms are special. And if you lost one, I'm so sorry. And then just like a year and a half after that, my sister, who I was in a band with, um, she died of a really strange oh disease. And um, and so it was like the joke among the rest of my brothers and sisters, like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to die? You know. And it was kind of the way we, we dealt with the grief. And I say all that um, 
with a new, a new understanding. And if somebody said, what's the worst thing that happened to you? I would have said it was the loss of my son years ago. But now I would say the worst thing that happened to me is what happened in the garden. That, that the pain I experience now was never intended for me. The pain that you have suffered through, that anybody who's listening to this, God did not intend that for you. If we look back to his intentions, his intentions were that we would see him face to face. We would walk with him in a garden, you know, that we would we would rule and have dominion over all the stuff that he made and that work wouldn't be toil, that childbirth wouldn't be painful, all of these things. And so I look and I go, well, where did all the brokenness come from in my life? Well, I, I inherited it from the garden, you know, and literal yeah, I don't want to get into any of the what do you believe about Genesis, but if if that story is the inception of my my uh, heritage as a human, then I have to go. It's because of that. It's because of that act of disobedience that I suffer, that you suffer, Jess. The way that we as humans each have our own brand of brokenness, and every day I lament what happened in the garden, and. Every day, I can't be surprised when things are broken. When I hear about another marriage falling apart, I go, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the equation. Is it what God wants? No. And so what are we doing? We're bringing God's kingdom here and now. You know, And we get to be stewards. We get to be builders of that in any place we are. And so when we write songs for our community, I also want to be cognizant of the fact that I know it hurts, and I know you're you're broken over it, and yet there is hope. There is a God who who has who has remedied this situation, and is in the process of putting us back together. So the Darren piece, the piece of Kathy, my heart aches. You know, I still we we go well. What would Kathy do? You know, in these situations, but there also is a. But I know the end of the story too. I know the beginning, and and to know the beginning makes the end even better. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I say that to honour you, you, knowing that you've worked, that you carry that. Thank you. Yeah. So Thanks I'm for the, asking too. Oh, That's a big deal. Thank you for sharing. I, I never, I mean, my job as a journalist, I always feel awkward asking people who I've just met questions that are somewhat personal. So I appreciate that you felt that you could share some of that. You've talked about how grief and that I don't like to say the wrestle with faith, but the redefining, the reconstruction, whatever you want to call it, a faith, has shaped you. How has it shaped the Crossroads music team? How have we changed? If I'm being honest, I, I don't know that this was a pivot moment for us as much as it was a a better articulation or, or an appropriate timing of, of the articulation for our community. So I think when, I think we feel ownership in it, you know, I think there's, a, there's an aspect of songs. There, there are songs that you can love because they help you say something that you couldn't say on your own. But as soon as you hear it, you go, ah, I've, I felt that. I never could have, I never could have articulated it that way, but I'm so thankful that you did. You know, um, like for me, Josh Garrels. Do you know a guy named Josh Garrels? Oh, yes, incredible. I, yeah. I sometimes think he follows follows people around and just like hears their secret thoughts and then writes songs out of them. Because I'm like, how did he know? Yeah. How did he know <laughs> that I felt like that? Um, but I don't own it. I do my best to sign my name to that song and personalize it um, in the same way that I would I'd go to a big store when it's my dad's birthday and I would buy a card that sort of sounds like something I would say to him and I would then write a little bit more on it and I would, I would sign it and I would give it to him and it's what I wrote on it that made, made the card personal. Um, but there's the, there's the other flip of, of for our community, for our, our worship leaders to go, oh no, we made that card. That's one of ours. And so the very nature of it comes from within us, and that's powerful. And we get to sign our names to it. You know, we all get to sign our names to this thing. Like, yeah, I, I, 
I want that for every very few people write make their own cards, you know, and um, so for our community, um, I always encourage them like, hey, sign, sign your name to the card. That that's when your head and your heart get involved with this, and your will. You know, you can't sign a card without your will being involved. And so when we sign it, that's the thing where we're making it personal and saying, yeah, God, um, come near, come here. You know, in like that God of the Breakthrough song says. And sometimes we'll even just hang out in that petition line for a good long time, just saying, God, come near, come here, come near, come here. In the same way um, kids say to their their parents, you know, like we're saying it to our father, like come near here. And so I think it's, I think because it, it resonates well widely and it's from within, I think it's, it's been like a, I don't know, I, maybe everybody feels a little bit proud about it, you know, internally. And that's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have a win. conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Are you a creative? Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. As someone who's been on a worship team before, I'm, I know it's not easy, certainly not to the level that you guys have done and, and how big it is, but uh, it's it's not always easy to do that, even when you all have the same goal. What is the core value that you guys have a worship team in terms of valuing each other and cultivating community together? I'll tell you what, it, value each other and cultivating community is probably the, the most challenging thing because we are... Um, we're often so spread out. For context, our church staff comes together for a couple hours, about an hour and a half every week, and we have one day of the week where most of our staff is at one campus, but not even all. So most of our meetings um, among the worship leaders have video components to them. So the people that are down in central Kentucky, you know, we've got three, three worship leaders in central Kentucky who are an hour and a half to two hours away. And so it's a constant struggle to battle just physical distance. But even then in our city, you know, our sites are 20 minutes away or 45 minutes away. So there's an aspect of tension around that. How do we, how do we maintain relationships? And they each, each site has its own sort of own gravitational pull. So they have people that, um, that they're, they're serving and communities that they're serving and they're, you know, building, they're auditioning people to be a part of their band. And these people are auditioning to be a part of their band. So all of a sudden, you're not even talking about the same people anymore. I don't know that we're awesome at it. 
I do know that when we come together, there's a high level of vulnerability, which I think is important. And the expectation, I think culturally, the expectation is not perfection, um, which it's super easy in a big church like this just to think like everything has to be awesome always. And the reality of that is that can breed a really unhealthy type of performance of me not being able to say that I'm, I'm struggling with what I'm doing or that she feels like she's one of a few women on the team and it's really hard being a woman on a primarily male team. So like those things are fairly open. It's open season on that stuff. As a whole team, our sort of mantra is today's a great day to die. Meaning like the apostle Paul would say, hey, every day I pick up my cross. Every day I pick up my, cr- I pick up the instrument of my death and I carry it around and I, I no longer get to live my opinions out. I get to live out the values of the kingdom. So when those align, great. But when it's the kingdom versus my opinion, I have to die to those things. So there is that among us, like, yeah, today's a great day to die. And what, how can I help you make your thing great? Or how, what do you need? The other piece is that we, we constantly say is that we're in the people business and we happen to play music. If you're walking off stage and there's someone sitting there waiting to get prayed for or sobbing in the seats at the end of service, like, man, the best thing to do is go talk with someone, go pray with somebody. You know, if you're out in what we call the atrium, the the big space where there's a thousand people walking through. Don't put your head down and walk fast towards the green room. You know, walk with your head up, walk slow, make eye contact because we're in the people business. But cultivating community at, at, at scale takes a lot of intentionality. Knowing that at the moment, the broader church and the institution is quite divided and different denominations are divided and politics are so divisive right now. What's the role that you guys have as a worship expression in bringing unity to your church? Yeah, man, you're, you're touching on all the things that we feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's like, they're so real. Like, have you been in our meetings lately? Just every other church. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I'll tell you that the thing that's really big. So Cincinnati in its history is, well, geographically is right on the Ohio river. And the Ohio River separates Ohio and Kentucky. It doesn't mean a lot. If you're in Australia, what does that mean? What the Ohio River was and what Kentucky and Ohio were was the dividing line between the north and the south. In terms of slavery, we're a gateway city in, into the free. There is a lot of history in our city around racial tension, black, white. And our church plays a massive role in being a place where we're about reconciling relationships. How that plays out is in in, in our area, is what does our church look like? And what does our stage look like? And if our stage doesn't look like our church, at, at minimum, you know, then there's something wrong. And I think even further, if our stages don't look like the kingdom of God, that's that's also I think we should strive for that as well. And I know I'm saying things that are like, yeah, that would be really great, Robbie. That's so cool that you're a big church and you might be able to work that out. No, it's it's challenging. We have biases that we don't even know we have. And it's not until the the women in the room speak up and say like, this is kind of a boys club. Like, oh, my sister, I'm sorry. How, tell us how it's a boys club. Or uh, we've got a drummer that plays... Um, if you watch our broadcast, he's the uh, black guy wears like a, a flat brim hat and just a killer drummer. But he went through a gauntlet of an audition process that we thought was fine, you know. And becoming friends with Chris, he's like, "Oh no, it was, it was, it was a really daunting process. It was really, I had to be really intentional that I want to be, I want to be someone that can represent people like me because I." And we're like, oh my goodness, we need to rethink how we're doing this. Our audition process is broken. Our stages are broken. You know, oh, what do we do? So we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to how to have our, our stages represent the kingdom of God and our community. The fact that you guys are even aware of it, though, is incredible. I think it's really easy to be comfortable. And so many of the people and so many friends that I have who are struggling with church or who are in church or creative, that's the thing that we struggle with the most and you feel like it's not heard. And so the fact that you guys are aware of it 
it means um, yeah it's constant work and progress but it's great because it means that you're open it feels like we have wins occasionally but i, I it's not it's, it's not right yet yeah um, like that. for example want to get real total transparency um we have worship leader positions open right now that I could throw a guitar pick and hit 10 white guys with a beard, you know, and we, we'd be done. And yet we are, we feel the pain of not having leadership in these communities because we need to change. We need to change the makeup of our team. And um, we need other voices to speak in to make it more like our community, more like the kingdom. So uh, it is a challenge that we are in the midst hours of my week go towards go towards this thing and um god we want to represent you well you know so help us do that i hear that i appreciate it and i appreciate your honesty you didn't have to be honest but i appreciate it thank you (laughs) and uh, for the record this isn't a video podcast i'm a white guy with a beard (laughs) i just want to be clear i'm indicting myself in there (laughs) I, i try to be really aware of having i don't even like the word diverse because i feel like it's cliche now and minimizes people but I try to be aware of that as well in the guests that I have on the podcast and I have to make myself work so much harder because there are so many evangelical white guys who were in the Christian music industry and I have to really push myself and so often if I'm interviewing certain people or I'll email with with managers and I'll be like look I I don't have any authority in this area whatsoever I'm a heterosexual female from Australia who is Caucasian like like I think I was descended from a convict teach me and so so I just get to a point of being like this is who I am and please feel free to jump in and correct me so in that capacity I get it and uh, I love that you guys are willing to make yourselves uncomfortable and spend the time wrestling with that, even though it would be a lot easier and people would probably be, some people would be a lot happier if you just threw a guitar pick in the air. I see the wreckage of your life You think you're too broken Not in my life And if hope is the war I'm your battle cry death and She's been here for so long. She's been singing, and she should do it. And so there's a pressure and sometimes the follow-through of having um, someone who is not necessarily skilled or qualified doing the thing. So I would just like to make a parallel um, that we use in our worship training program to suss out folks who may or may not you know, be skilled enough to be mediocre to grow, right? So if in our kids' club, Someone is like, oh my gosh, Robbie, I'm so good with kids. Uh, just put me in there and I will lead them and calm them and soothe them. And I'm best with infants. Like, that's fantastic. And I hand that person a baby and that person drops the baby. There is no chance. I'm going, maybe I say, that was terrible. Don't, did you realize you dropped the baby? Sit down. Maybe I try a second time. Maybe. But I'll probably go, you know what? You looked really awkward with a baby in your arms, and then you dropped it. Do you remember that? Let's find another thing, because it might not. Kids might not be. Babies might not be your thing. Oh no! Everyone has told me that babies are my thing. I'm. I've always been anointed with babies. I hear what you're saying, and you dropped one. You dropped someone else's baby. Not okay. Sit down. We'll try it again. 
And sometimes the hard truth, the most loving thing, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Like the most loving thing is to say, look, you're terrible with kids. And there's something that you're good at. Let's go on the journey to find it. You know, let's be loving to the people that we get to lead. That doesn't mean God doesn't love that person singing. That's not what I'm saying at all. God loves their singing and their heart if it's in line with what he's asking for. But that's all. I just want to give maybe some volunteer worship leader who's getting a lot of pressure at a church to do the thing. Um, and sometimes all you got's what you got, and I get it. Um, and sometimes you have to have a loving conversation with someone. So that's all. I wish someone had said that to me when I was young. podcast is ask a few random questions these will hopefully be a little bit lighter in tone just to (laughs) just to take a different direction Uh, i sort of think of them when i'm talking to um well any musician i sort of think it's like if if someone knew your music or was like visiting from out of town and listened to you guys on spotify they might see you and go oh my gosh i want to ask you these questions what music inspires you creatively oh man okay so I don't even know how to say this artist's name, so I'll probably butcher it. And if he's listen, if he somehow were to listen to this, know that my inability to pronounce your name is partially my inability and partially because you spelled it poorly. So the, I think it's Shalu or Shallow, S-H-A-L-L-O-U, Shalu. Great name. And um, I think he's out of L.A., and he's like electric house sort of stuff, and it's just – it is so good. It is the programming is really rich, beautiful sounds. The songs stand on, you know, I, the songs are are lush, and the melodies are wonderfully haunting. So that's one I really like. That you know the stuff that I can't play. So when I can sort of in in my head play along on guitar, it better be really great lyrics. Uh, there's a podcast called Broken Record, oh and it's um, Rick Rubin, and, and in this episode, Rick Rubin, uh, the producer, and T-Bone Burnett. And T-Bone Burnett plays a couple songs on acoustic guitar, and um, the thing happened where he's playing four chords, and I'm like, I know where this song is going. And then he started singing, and the lyrics were provocative and really like drew me in, and I was like, ah, that's what I love about music. I love that, I don't know, it just captured me. So, um, Shalu, that's the one I'm going to go with right now. I'm going to have to Google that. Yep. Yeah. It's also the most LA name I've ever heard. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay, here's, t- here's true confession. I-, I Instagrammed him and I was like, hey, man, I really like your music. <laughs> I fanboyed so hard. I really like your music. Would you ever want to collaborate? Yes. I was feeling really brave. Did he say he's anything like, back? Uh, he hit me back, which I was super. He's like, man, thanks so much. I complimented on some you know, technical specific things. And he's like, man, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. He's like, I'm super busy right now not doing collaboration stuff. But, oh, so you know, close. You know. But I was like, he even wrote back. Uh-huh. Man, what a guy. Wait till he slows down and then dive in again. I'm just going to happen to be in town. Yeah. Like, I, I can fly to LA. Yeah. That's not a problem. <laughs> I was going to be there anyway. Like, I have a free afternoon. Or I'm, it's really... probably like 17 finishing up high school. I don't know. What is the one worship song that you hope you never hear again, purely because it has been sung so much? <laughs> can, can I ask that or is that going to get you in hot water? It won't get me in hot water. Well, okay, here's the one. I'll, I'll tell you the one that we that got just like vetoed. That our like our senior pastor, super cool guy, and does not have a lot of like he's super opinionated, but rarely does he go, "All right, cut it out, no more." 
But he, so this is like five years ago. He was like, if you play Beautiful Things, like that is the most depressing song ever. He's like, oh my gosh, please don't. It's like, okay, fair enough. That would be enough. a strong no. Um, that'd be strong no. So that, that was externally projected on us. But here's the one that has become, I feel bad. Well, I'll say this, not because this, I feel bad, um, but I feel better about it now because only because we've played it so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when a song was so good we, that you just overuse it? Yes. Yeah. So I'm now totally it's like become a joke. If somebody's like, hey, what was that one? Um, what was that one? And if somebody pauses, they'll, whatever instrument they're on, if it's guitar, they'll play the da 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 from um, Your Love is Greater. What's that song? Your Love Awakens Me by. Uh, I think Phil Wickham. And so that song has fallen into like the careless whisper realm of, of yeah. jokes for us. Great song though. Played have, a lot. have you heard of Shout to the Lord? It's from... Uh, have I heard of it? <laughs> Sorry, I presumed that was already... I presumed that was like... Of course Shout to the Lord is the first one and then what's the next one? <laughs> it's like that's that song for me. Amazing song. It was my school hymn. Well, no, next to Seek You First. Yeah. That, that It's a brilliant song, but never again. Yeah. The last question I ask people, if you could go back in time um, and you could speak to yourself the first day that you stepped into some sort of music ministry position, whether it's at this church or another church, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? It would have been about identity. I spent probably the first 10 years leading worship, thinking I was doing it for Jesus, but really just bolstering my own broken image totally transparently. The the 20-year-old version of Robbie Ryder couldn't do what I'm doing now with integrity. Just wouldn't work. So I think I would have really encouraged myself to like, figure out what God said about me early on and then believe it and walk in it. And yet it took a long time to, to hear him and to believe him. And here's the other one. Stop playing so many damn notes. I loved that interview and I know it was complex and there was so much to it but it was really encouraging for me because a lot of my disillusionment with the church comes with the idea that they don't want to talk about hard things and these guys talk about hard stuff right grief race things that we should be talking about anyway I'm just super grateful thank you for coming on Robbie and thank you for organizing it tomorrow it was brilliant and Robbie was so much fun we just had the best time hitting it off so thanks for that guys if you would like to connect with Crossroads Music, go for your life. They are on Instagram at CRDS Music. If you would like to know more about Crossroads Church or if you'd like to do morning devotions and prayer with our friend Robbie, yes, that is definitely a thing. Just go to CRDS Church on Facebook or Twitter and you can connect with them there. On the chance you are in Ohio or Kentucky and you'd actually like to connect with one of their campuses, just check out crossroads.net. You can also pick up their latest single, God of the Breakthrough, now on iTunes and stream it on Spotify. You will find the link in our story notes below. As always, you can reach me at Between You Me Pod. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can stream all our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you name it. We're probably there. And if we're not on it yet, let me know. We will see what we can do. We would also love it if you could go on Apple iTunes Podcasts and give us a rating. Five stars wouldn't go astray. It makes us feel really good. But, you know, it also helps people to find our podcast and we're getting so many more friends and it makes me so happy. Also, remember to hit subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Yes, I know I say it every week, but it means that you're going to get our next incredible episode as soon as it drops. We will be back in two weeks with the episode you have been waiting for. 
If you follow any of our social media, you know that about a month ago, I put a call out because I wanted to speak to a musician who had some insight into the pro-life, pro-choice debate from personal experience. There were lots of conflicting opinions going on online, lots of loud voices, and I really wanted to speak to someone who had some authority in the subject and some experience. We found some amazing people to chat to, so get ready. I will see you in two weeks. Catch you then. I know it's weird to say this, but I've been thinking about it lately. Reminiscing about us in Vegas, drinking like we're famous. Man, those days were crazy, but your book ran out of pages. And now I wish I never waited to tell you out of all the moments in my life. The ones I got to share with you were probably my favorite. I know you're looking down on us. I'm missing you, bro. I hope you're proud of us. At least I know you made it home. And I know you're not alone Cause now you're singing with the choir Now you're dancing with the crew You ain't doing this solo We all ride it with you No one can put on your fire Nobody fill in your shoes Cause now you're singing with the choir We all ride it with you Yeah, 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 we fill up all our days Thank with you. For listening to the Between You and Me podcast, stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com.